This episode of the Up for Discussion podcast is brought to you in part by Chaos. That's Chaos with a K. If you've been listening to our show for a while, you've definitely heard us talk about Chaos. There are professional sound equipment, cinema-grade cameras, event hosting, social media packages, the fact that their name starts with a K and not a C, which might be confusing for some people who are used to spelling Chaos with a C. But right now, we want to highlight the trailer for their upcoming feature-length film, American Dreamers. American Dreamers tells the story of two British graduates who take a road trip across the USA looking for a shortcut for fame, fortune, and green cards. If quarantine life has you eagerly awaiting the day you can leave your house and travel someplace more than two kilometers away, let the American Dreamers trailer scratch that itch for you. Go to chaoslabs.com to check it out. And remember, that's chaos with a K. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 285 of Up for Discussion, the emotionally honest comedy podcast where we take your questions and dish out hot truths and tasty goofs. We're going to go around the virtual table and find out who all is here and, of course, what's up for discussion this week. Uh, So I'll start. I'm Tom Zalatni. My pronouns are they, them, and uh, I will be running the conversation about our Patreon topic, uh, which has to do with the future in a post-pandemic world. Hi, I'm David Hall. My pronouns are he and him. Hey there, my name is Seth Day. My pronouns are he and they. Our Patreon topic today comes from Patrick, uh, who asks, with the new normal becoming more and more of a reality, mask wearing, social distance, etc., what do you think the long-term impacts 10 to 20 plus years from now of the pandemic will be? How will the current generation of kids be affected? Uh, And so we brought in Seth to be our guest for this episode, because Seth, among other things, is the host of the Rad Child podcast, which is a podcast all about having hard conversations with kids. Uh, So we are going to talk a little bit about that very soon and also about our patreon topic but first we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where i'm recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the kanyangahaga first nations as settlers it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset so we want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities thereof Uh, i think especially during a pandemic it is uh a really important time to be thinking about this kind of stuff and about your relationship with where you live because you are probably spending a lot of time there probably more time there than usual that's fair <laughs> yeah um so yeah david welcome back seth welcome back thank always, you it's always a pleasure it's always a pleasure to come back and and uh, be uh, the seat filler for when you can't find anyone else <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What a I, I acknowledge the role that I <laughs> I, I, I accept uh, graciously. You can yeah. call yourself a seat filler, call yourself a part-time co-host. You know, it's 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 all the same, really. <laughs> <laughs> I just want the audience to know that whenever I show up, it's because I'm the best Tom could find. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here for vaguely child-related things. Because I'm that vaguely child-related person. 
Yeah. Seth, do you want to do you want to tell the people at home listening who uh, I mean, probably they have heard about Rad Child podcast because there's like six shows on our network and we advertise them on a loop. <laughs> but do you want to tell the folks at home about Rad Child podcast? Yeah, sure. So um, basically, I'm a nanny. And so coming from that experience of being around kids all the time, uh, a lot of parents would be or grown ups with kids in their lives would ask me a lot of questions. And so I made a podcast about how to talk to kids about sort of tricky things like we've covered race, gender, sex, body positivity, like all, all those kinds of fun things. Um, so yeah, and we talk about kids uh, literature as well in regards to books about those topics. I've been enjoying it. I uh, for peak behind the scenes, I recently took over as your editor, and it's been uh, yes, it's a lot of fun. I uh, <laughs> I forgot how much I like editing things for people who aren't me. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, of course, uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention that all three of us are on a podcast together in varying capacities uh, called Natural Tuny. It's our uh, mm-hmm. network's Dungeons and Dragons podcast. There are two campaigns going. David and I play in one, and then Seth and I play in another, uh, which I am DMing. Uh, and if you like D&D, you should check it out. Yeah, we're on the list of top uh, Newfoundland podcasts for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I feel like we need to pitch that more. Yeah. We need to <laughs> pretend we're in Newfoundland. Wait, is, is this a real thing? Yeah. Oh my god. I found Natural Tuny listed on uh, <laughs> a list of top Newfoundland based podcasts, which I thought was interesting. Because we're not based in Newfoundland. <laughs> but our campaign is. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I wonder if when Alex came up with the idea, I wonder if he thought about that and he was like, you know, now we'll show up in search results for Newfoundland and Montreal. Oh, but gosh. Tom, did you really think I put any of that thought that much ahead? You know, no. <laughs> but I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> anyway, speaking of thinking ahead, should we get to our Patreon topic? Let's do it. Um, So like I said before, uh, the question for this one comes from Patrick, who's basically asking us what we think the long-term impacts of the pandemic will be, especially how it will affect people who are currently children. Um, So, (laughs) Children are people, what? I know, crazy thought. What a radical idea. (laughs) I'm going to say right now that uh, we have talked a lot about the pandemic on this show, like especially when the lockdown first happened, we spent like a month or so pretty exclusively talking about quarantine life um Mm -hmm. so i i when we got this question i was a little hesitant honestly because i'm like it can be it can be a bummer you know it can get to a place where it's like okay we know there is a major like hard thing happening that is like true to the whole world right now and like it's dark and it's heavy and it's not necessarily something that like I want to talk about on my like ostensibly jovial comedy podcast. Um, (laughs) So I, I mean, like obviously the two of you, like I did not tell you beforehand only talk about pleasant things. So like absolutely everything is on the table. I personally am going to be focusing on some things that I think might be good that will come out of this because that's where I need to be right now as a person with kids. (laughs) I need to not be in the doom and gloom section. That is totally fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'll bring enough doom and gloom. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, have no faith. I have no faith in anyone or anything anymore. Everything's <laughs> bad. It will forever be bad. I feel that. I feel that. <laughs> Yeah. Um I I mean I guess I'll like with that I'll I'll kind of say my piece first. I um I think that a thing that this pandemic is teaching us is how to respect boundaries a little bit better. Um mm. and also how to set them if that makes sense. Like I think, you know, 
I don't know about you guys, but I am someone who doesn't necessarily love having people over all the time. Uh, but I do like having people over and I do like friends and I do like spending time with people. And so like definitely in the past, I have overcommitted to like socializing with people. And uh, if this pandemic has improved me in any way, it's that I am now <laughs> way better at setting those boundaries because uh, I don't want to see people most of the time. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that that, I think that that is something that like kids need to learn too, right? Kids need to be taught how oh, to totally. like set their own boundaries and enforce them. And I think that growing up during a period where like granted kids are not setting the boundary for themselves that much of I'm not seeing you because there's a pandemic, but I think that if kids are taught why they're they're isolating the way that they are, then like that will help them understand like that it is okay sometimes in in circumstances where you feel like you need to be not with people to say i actually need to be not with people right now i don't know if i express that well but that's kind of no that's where i'm at that makes that makes total sense and i think like we we've talked about that on red child before about how important it is to like even like as adults to be able to just express like hey i'm tired right now like i can't play with you or i have to play with you in a different way or like <laughs> you know it just showing that um i definitely shared a um a post today that was about an article that was about how to play with your children while laying down um <laughs> because that's where i'm at emotionally and physically <laughs> uh, but um yeah, so I think I think that it's really important to teach kids by demonstrating like setting setting boundaries like you were saying and I think that this is a good pra good practice for us um like when my wife and I were just talking yesterday about how she has chronic anxiety depression and um her anxiety a lot of times you know prevents her makes it more difficult for her to hang out with people and she's like she was like, is it, is it bad that this actually is like great for me? Cause it's the best excuse. I could be like, sorry, can't go. <laughs> like there's COVID. Right. Um, but really it's just like, I wouldn't be going anyway, but now everyone's like, oh, that's a legit excuse. Right. Um, as opposed to people who sometimes don't take mental health as like a legit, you know, legitimate reason to not go places. Right. Well, that's it. And I think that this, like this pandemic is one making people who don't feel like they have the spoons to socialize with people feel more comfortable saying no to mm -hmm. socializing. But two, I think it is making yeah. the, the sociable people feel, what am I saying? I think it's making the people who want to socialize better at hearing no. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with that because I know some people, uh, they shall remain nameless, who have asked me to go and do things. And I've been like, no, I don't want to do this today. That that sounds like a bad idea, considering the outside world is trying to be murderous and bad. Um, <laughs> and normally, when I would say no, there would be pushback on be and uh, the but come on or oh it's not mm -hmm. that bad or whatever. And that hasn't been as apparent. There hasn't been any pushback to to saying no the first time, which I have been loving yeah <laughs> well that's it and i and i think like coming back to patrick's question about like you know what this will do for the current generation of kids i think you know kids need to have boundaries modeled to them in order to understand mm -hmm. how to 
do boundaries themselves, right? And like, yeah. Lord knows, I don't think that I saw good modeling of boundaries as a kid. And like, it definitely made me worse at boundaries growing up and as an adult. And, you know, now I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> this has been a constant narrative for me over the years of like, I'm getting better at saying no to things. But I think I'm finally in a place where I'm like, actually good at saying no to things. And I think a large part of that is owed to this pandemic <laughs> and like yeah and i think that our kids are going to like you know see that in us and see like you know we we are choosing to do the hard thing and to like isolate a little yeah. bit more than we like you know are seeing other people do because we think that it's the right choice during all of this because it's safer right and like i think that if you show your kids and you're honest with your kids about like yes, because of the circumstances we're in right now, we don't feel comfortable going out. We don't feel comfortable having people in. Mm -hmm. Like, if you show them that and you're clear with them about that, it'll teach them, like, oh, you know what? It is okay sometimes to listen to yourself. Or not sometimes, all of the time. (laughs) It is okay to listen to yourself and go, hmm, what I really want right now is to stay home and watch TV and not socialize with people and potentially catch coronavirus. Cool, I'm going to, you know... I'm going to do that. And I think that that that's a lesson that like, hopefully will, will stick with them. I don't know. Yeah. I also think that kids are like really able to much better than adults able to adapt in general and understand, like we're telling them everything they know. So it's not much different from like, you have to brush your teeth to stop germs. And like, now you have to wear a mask because coronavirus, they're like, okay. And they just, you know, with at a certain age, right. I'm, I'm mostly work with younger kids. So I'm seeing like three and uh, below. So I'm seeing a lot of that world of kids just being like, all right, whatever. Um, And it's funny because I thought like in the beginning I'm dealing with, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, parents whose kids are in daycare. So there was a big, like, should we bring our, put our kids back in daycare? Should we not? And a lot of the the daycares here in Montreal, at least like the, the, um, the workers are wearing like visors and they like, can't touch the kids or hug them. And uh, I thought it was going to be like, it sounded very kind of traumatic for the children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but all the kids I know who went to daycare, are just like, it's fine. We just wash our hands more. Like they're like not phased it by it at all um and i think that just not to say that it won't affect them but i think especially with younger kids like they just have so much more adaptability um <laughs> like <laughs> to the point where they're just like whatever i wonder if that has you something know. to do with them not having like a core concept of what normal is as opposed to what the new normal is now i i i'm so grateful for kids for that because i know adults are bad <laughs> adults are so bad <laughs> It's interesting, like, this idea of what is and isn't normal, right? Because Patrick actually, like, touched on that in his question as well, right? Calling this the new normal. And, like, Mm -hmm. the thing with kids is that, like, you kind of just have to normalize things for them, right? Like, Seth, Mm -hmm. you talk about this all the time on Rad Child, this idea that, like, you know, kids can talk about things that are, like complicated and big because you just have to be like yeah it is normal to talk about this and your kid will be like oh okay it's normal to talk about this let's talk (laughs) about this yep like they just they trust that the adults in their lives like are not going to give them more than they can handle and if you just treat something like it's normal then they'll be able to handle it like 90 percent of the time yeah yeah totally so how do you think what do you think the long and long-term impacts are Hmm. like this sounds very um, now-ish, like how kids are reacting yeah. to, like 10 to 20 years from now. 
I so one thing that does worry me is like education and like the whole uh, at least here you know kids were taken out of school and their parents were basically thrust into homeschooling and like I'm an educator who's like trained as an educator educating is hard when you know what you're doing let alone when they're just like here you go teach your kids um and so that's and then a lot of parents also are are homeschooling and also working a job at home which makes no sense and you can't like you know a lot of uh I think um, pressure is being put on parents to do two things at once. Uh, and so, you know, it kind of scares me a little bit um, for like the, the future of like education and like what these kids are going to be missing. And also like a lot of, um, I think about this a lot because my, uh, my niece has some behavioral issues. And um, I think like, well, those things are all being flagged in school, right? Hmm. School hmm. is where you would be, where you're noticing a lot of those things. Um, you know, they always say like, oh, wait till they're in school, wait till they're school age and we'll figure out what's going on. So I wonder if some kids are going to fall through the cracks, like, and, you know, along the line, if that's going to, you know, cause some kind of impact. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question for sure. We, um, you know, our, our six-year-old is theoretically going into the first grade in the fall, right? And like mm-hmm. the, the day we're recording this, the Quebec health minister, you know, said what the plan is and uh we don't like it one little bit because basically the (laughs) the updated plan is that the schools are going to reopen and uh that's it (laughs) like it's really it really is not uh it really is not seeming nearly as cautious as uh we might have thought like you know a a month ago even uh it's like masks are going to be required for fifth grade and up which is just true in stores too like they're required for people over the age of 12 and uh there's going to be uh no masks required within the classroom which feels ridiculous because classroom sizes are not going to get smaller (laughs) really yeah so it's that makes no sense that's it they're basically deciding that like kids are going to bubble with their classmates is more or less what it comes down to and like sure okay like what about the teachers well that's it i mean most of like for elementary schools you're usually with one teacher for most of the day right so i would imagine that like i don't don't know how they're going to do things like music class where you usually go see the music teacher but like that that's a red flag for me right like if i know at our kids school because it's the school i went to so i know how it works all the kids see the same (laughs) music teacher all the kids see the same science teacher i think they have two gym teachers now which is you know a step up from when I was there but like if they're seeing the same science teacher you know <laughs> every student in the school is going to pass through her classroom at some point that week you might as well just have everybody you know hugging in the hallways because like you're no longer just bubbling with your classmates right I I just I remember I was I was reading an article recently I wish I could re- remember the school but they're talking about a school where in their plan you know their sort of COVID plan they wrote a draft for a letter for student deaths preemptively wow. and i was like if you have to write that letter you should be opening school yep oh, okay? like like that seemed wild to me that that's like ah, this is a risk we're willing to take <laughs> like huh <laughs> yeah well that's oh, it. it it's it's ridiculous and so now we're in a place where we're like like you said we're considering you know pulling her in homeschooling but like i don't i <sighs> There was a time in my life when I thought maybe I would want to homeschool my kids, but it was also the time in my life where I thought I wanted to be a minister. So, like, there's a, you know, I've, what I'm saying is I've grown a lot as a person since I last believed that that was something yeah. I had any interest in doing. And, uh, like, we're already, I mean, it's summertime, right? You don't have to teach your kids during the summertime. But, like, 
I can't imagine like suddenly transitioning to like, okay, here we go. We're teaching you during the day now. Like, and that's all going to fall on me. And also I have a toddler to take care of while doing it. Like, fuck that. Unless the government is paying me a teacher's salary to do it or ideally better than a teacher's salary, frankly, like it's, (laughs) it's, I don't know. So I I hear your concerns about education, where that's going to go from here. I feel hopeful about, you know, this is this is not going to be we're not going to see a long-term effect on on educational institutions from this pandemic like this is going to eat up a year maybe two years and then things will go back to you know some kind of version of what they were before right and like kids can handle missing a year of school it's not ideal (laughs) but they can handle it and like i saw a teacher friend of mine post a while ago like don't worry about your kids falling behind because of a pandemic. Worry about your kids staying healthy during a pandemic. It is the teacher's job yeah. to make sure when the kids get back that the kids can catch up. And like, yeah, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you know, try to teach them some stuff at home. Like, you know, if your kid is at the age where they should be learning how to read, maybe encourage them to read at home. <laughs> but like, you don't have to worry too much curriculum wise. Like they will get it when they get it. Students get held back. It's not ever you know a life-ending thing for a student to like have to repeat the second grade you just it is a life-ending thing to get covid uh i think so i don't know they did when i was a kid me too oh we stopped that in the united states really no child left behind yes oh that's what that's about i don't know what i thought that was about but (laughs) that makes sense interesting no i'm sorry i'm just being nosy now Tom, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I have never actually thought and considered what that meant. I thought it was just buzzwords. <laughs> you know, I always assumed it was something about, know. like, they taught it know, to me in teacher school. poverty yeah. or something. But no, it makes more sense that it's just about <laughs> getting them through the system faster. I mean, that's actually something interesting, too, because we're talking about how uh, kids are going to be impacted here. I think in the States, it's going to be a lot worse with an already dangerously structured education system i don't know if it can handle a mulligan year right oh gosh i just i'm feeling for teachers right now yeah (laughs) yeah i i also am thinking about like as as far as long-term impacts i i think i feel not like i feel more for but like i'm thinking a lot about older kids like kids who are in high school kids not like prom is the biggest deal in the world, but like kids who miss their prom, kids who miss their graduation, like this year, you know, kids who um, are even in college, like a lot of colleges are going and universities are going remote this year. And like, I think college is super important to like get all your sillies out and like figure out who you are as a person. And um, I, you know, I wonder about like the, the impact of missing those things, you know what I mean? For older older kids right um, I, I don't know i think that those are kind of important like like college especially is kind of you know for folks who are who were planning on going away it's like an important part of growing up i think and yeah. figuring out who you are yeah i think all the kids who uh are missing their graduations or their proms those who are very introverted like myself are probably breathing a sigh of relief <laughs> i know <laughs> i did when i didn't go to my convocation <laughs> because <laughs> i was busy but i was also glad that i didn't have to go so 
<laughs> yeah i it's, it's funny because i i feel that like i think that i would have actually been one of those students who benefited from from being able to stay home and like you know remote remote classing classing remote teaching in classes works like it 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 is an option it is better than nothing and like i think i would have been the kind of student who would have gotten a lot out of that personally um but I also do think about the kids for whom school is a safe space, right? The kids yeah. who like mm-hmm. don't like to be at home because they don't feel safe at home and who like, you know, especially like you mentioned kids going off to college, right? Like if if mm-hmm. you are, say, I don't know, a closeted queer kid in a conservative household who's like looking forward to going to college finally because then you can be out somewhere and, and not have to worry about your parents finding out, like not having that option because universities can't reopen their yeah. campuses is devastating, you know? Totally. So yeah, I hadn't even considered that. That's yeah. Yeah. And and also just from like an educational perspective, we know that um it's harder to it can be harder to focus when you're in your home right mm-hmm. there's a lot of distractions there's stuff around and um like i think that's one of the benefits of going into a classroom it's like the same reason that they tell you not to do work in your bedroom right because then your brain is like this room is for work and it makes it harder for you to go to bed at night or can right. um and i think in that same way like being in a classroom space can help you be like okay it's time for work and focus you know there's not as many distractions around i'm thinking about i have adhd so i'm thinking like working from my home or trying to learn from my home would be like in no way accessible to me because i'd be like i can throw it a load of laundry while you're giving this lecture it's fine like i can do this i can do that right. um and i would not be paying attention at all right. uh, or and also like i know because when i was in college i used to bring my laptop to class just to like goof off i would never be taking notes so if i was l- learning on my computer i would just be like goofing off the whole time right. because there's something else i can be doing so i think the accessibility of it is definitely also something to consider yeah it does pose a, a huge challenge to people or students who like need that structure and like that place of learning to like mm-hmm. be part of their ritual of learning. Cause like, I know the moment I finished university and I had to start making my own structure. Oh boy, I still don't know how. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still screwed up. But I think that it, as hard as it is and how much of a new challenge it will be, I think later down the line, there will be a generation of kids who like have the the scaffolding put in place for them to be able to make their own structures and to be mm. sort of, almost autonomous in their own learning, but only if they like can put in as much as they can during this time, which is harder I also think- without somebody like over your shoulder telling you what to do yeah Yeah. i also think like flipping to like a positive more positive perspective i think too that like especially when we're talking about adults and jobs like i think that there are a lot of jobs that they're realizing can be done remotely which is you know can be more accessible to a lot of people um to be able to work from their homes and i think that you know education too i think that uh you know i mean online college and things have kind of been around for a while but i think that it on the flip side it can be more accessible to when it's an option right mm-hmm. um so i think that that's something that's kind of nice yeah well that's it i i think a lot about like the accessibility side of it is tricky right because like there are students who mm-hmm. don't have computers they don't have tablets they may not have reliable internet yep. and so like unless you can offer to like give those things to your students here's a long-term <laughs> 
consequence of this, I guess, for kids is that income inequality is going to be felt a little bit harder sooner, which is maybe Mm. going to, I could see it going two ways. I could see it either, you know, making things a lot harder for the kids who don't have as much right now, 10, 20 years from now, because they're already feeling that disadvantage in a way that they might not have under normal circumstances, or maybe, and this is kind of a, you know... (laughs) maybe you know rose-colored glasses situation maybe seeing this income inequality in an active way with kids now because you know some kids can't go to zoom school will uh encourage our government to deal with income inequality a little bit better and then maybe it just won't be an issue in 10 to 20 years eh? that would be nice very <laughs> least <laughs> seeing uh the use of uh or access to a virtual space and the internet as being a utility and I write much like water since a lot of things can't you you can't function or do a lot of things that's expected to you right now if you don't have access to those things yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's it yeah I, yeah I think it and I think it is just expected like people don't even think about it I'm, I'm thinking of uh, my wife and I went out to a restaurant and because of COVID they weren't giving out menus and they came up to us and they were just like oh just go on Facebook our menus on Facebook and I was like what if I don't have Facebook what if I don't have a phone like yeah. also they didn't tell us and they just asked us what do we wanted and that was just weird I was <laughs> like you didn't give us a menu how could we know what we want um, they were like you should have psychically known to go on our Facebook okay um but like i so i think that there there is just this expectation or like in college right like papers needed to be typed it wasn't an option um it was like you have to you know you have to do it and if you don't have access to that you know if you didn't have a laptop you had to go when the library was open and use those computers or um you know i just i think that we don't think about that you know the access issue enough hopefully that issue becomes more is brought to light and a solution is found or and i hope it's not just talked about and then we wait the mulligan year and wait until everything's over and then they're like oh it's not an issue anymore everyone go back to school (laughs) yeah whatever problems we were facing before they don't exist now there's no pandemic outside it's all good yeah i mean I don't know. I don't know how to say this, but I do feel like that's probably the more realistic. Yeah. Thing. That's a whole nother podcast episode. It sure is. <laughs> oh God. Oh, well, <laughs> predicting how politicians will uh, <laughs> obfuscate responsibility. <laughs> oh my God. Well, um, yeah. I mean, do we do we have any sort of final? Uh, Final thoughts on this, maybe maybe even happy final thoughts before we wrap up. Well, I did want to say one positive thing that has that I've sort of realized is that um, in order to still hang out with my friends, I've realized that there's a lot of like ways that I can do that. On like I, there's um, a website called Tabletopia where you can play like online board games, or uh, Netflix now has like Netflix Party where you can chat with people while you're um, watching things, and it made me realize that like. I can hang out with my friends who I wasn't able to hang out with previously because I was always, I'm a very social person. I was always throwing parties and things like that where it would only be local people. And now I'm like, oh, I can hang out with my best friend from college. I can hang out with my childhood best friend. And like, it's been, it's helped me being able to really rekindle friendships because I can do things. You know, it's becoming a common practice to do things via uh, distance now. So that's like a positive thing, I think, that I've taken from all of this. Totally. I've definitely gotten more used to the idea of just always wearing a mask in public because people are gross 
to kill that. <laughs> it's normalized it so much that I was like, why haven't I always been doing this? People are nasty. Yeah, well, especially in a city where, like, we spend a good half of the year with our faces covered anyway because it's, like, you know, <laughs> ice cold outside. Exactly. It's not a huge well, I adjustment. Think, I think, too, like, a lot of people that, you know, there are some countries and places where that was already, you know, pretty normal for people. If you're sick, you just wear a mask. And I think now people are, like, judging a little less. They're just like, oh, yeah, that's actually a great idea. Right. <laughs> like, you know, people have been doing it for very long periods of time. I mean, while we're like, we just thought of this. It's great. <laughs> Just wear a mask. I hope that that's something that comes out of this too, is that people will just wear masks when they're sick from now on. Oh God, yeah. I hope that 10 to 20 years from now, every store, every store, doesn't matter what kind of store, every store should have a conveyor belt-like arrows on the floor that you have to follow in the given direction. <laughs> even if you're stay only away going from to the store me. for one thing, you know? Also, just like everybody should stay two meters away from me at all times anyway, like get out of my bubble. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's always good. I will say it has expedited grocery shopping because I'm not bumping into other people's carts. But when I do and someone's going the wrong way, ooh, I could tear a store down. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have... Nothing has frustrated me more during this pandemic than seeing people not obey the stupid lines in grocery stores. My favorite is the like handful of times that I have like accidentally gone the wrong direction in the grocery store. It's always because it's in a section. So like our store has like arrows up and down the actual aisles, but the sort of spaces mm -hmm. between the aisles don't have any arrows. Mm, um, that's annoying. Yeah. And so I have like, you know, gone the wrong direction on one of those not realizing that it was the wrong direction until it was too late because there's no arrow and had one of the store clerks be like uh you got to go the other way and i'm always like oh shoot i'm so sorry and i turn around but like every time that i'm going up and down the aisles the right way some old person and it's always an old person will be pushing their cart <laughs> just blatantly against the flow of traffic and there's never a store clerk around to yell at them and i'm always really mad about it Okay, so I'm Italian and I love yelling at people. So this pandemic has been great for me because anytime someone's going the wrong way, I'm like, they're going the wrong way. Or I'm like, stop taking 20 minutes looking at your stupid pasta sauce. I need to get pasta sauce. Oh my God, this woman was reading every fucking label no. on, the, on, on every pasta sauce. No. And they got mad at me for hovering. I was like, bitch, pick your pasta sauce. <laughs> um, I can't. Uh, and lastly, I just want to say about about old people. I saw this is actually maybe COVID is like it's fashionable now because everyone's got cute masks on. And I saw this old band today with a matching mask and bow tie, and I was like, "Fucking goals!" Oh, hell yeah! They, it was like Paisley. I was like, "Sir, I want to be you when I'm old." <laughs> Wonderful. I've started occasionally coordinating my outfits with Toby, and it's a game changer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, that, very good. that feels like a lighter note for us to end on <laughs> that feels yes. good Patrick we hope <laughs> we that answered your question back. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man well uh, if you liked this episode please consider supporting us on Patreon if you pledge as little as a dollar a month does at patreon.com slash up for discussion you'll be joining the ranks of fine folks like Patrick who asked today's question thanks again Patrick and of course Gabriel, Kendall and Carlea, Thomas, George, Poppy, Killian, Sarah, Angelica, Will, Anne, Andrew, Laura, Kate, and Erica you'll get early access to bonus content little behind the scenes updates and all kinds of other sweet perks as well and of course our patrons get to ask us questions that help us decide on the themes for episodes of the show so you can go to patreon.com slash up for discussion to do that uh, we also have merch. You can click the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Tee Public. You can get a mask, and school supply style merch is on sale today and tomorrow only. So you're gonna Ooh. get like a notebook or uh, 
that's the only one that comes to mind. I know they have notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> I see in the copy you've written, get a notebook or something. Yeah. Elaborate something for me. I think, I think laptop uh, cases probably count as school supplies. That would make yeah. sense, right? I don't think there's and pencils. I get a pencil. They don't have pencils. What a what a world! Yeah, I know. Fuck it, forget <laughs> it. Don't buy any of your merch. You can't buy pencils. It's not accessible, Tom. Damn it! You can also support us for free by leaving a rating or review on uh, whatever podcatcher you're using. Frankly, I only have Apple Podcasts in the copy. But you know what? People use other podcatchers. Leave us a rating or <laughs> review. Share the episode with a friend too if you feel like it. And you can follow us on the socials at Down the Talking and like our page on Facebook. Does anyone want to plug anything? Bearing in mind this comes out on the seventeenth. I've already talked about my podcast, but go check out Red Child Podcast. Do it. Also listen to Natural Tuning, where Tom, Seth, and I do strange things. We do. Yeah. Sometimes with <laughs> geese, sometimes not. That was a day. That was, that a, was day. a day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. Want to know what we're talking about? Check out Natural Tuny. <laughs> oh man. Well, Seth, yeah, thanks again for joining us. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. David, thanks for being here, as always, whenever I need a backup co host. I'll be, I will be a rock. You're, <laughs> you're my pinch hitter. You're my, my bench player. You're... I don't speak baseball. That's okay. Yeah, I don't. Sports. Sports. Can, can you. Uh, put that in terms of a different sport. Uh, yeah, you're my um, tag team wrestling buddy. <laughs> I don't know what that's I called. I will forever be your luchador. Yeah. <laughs> my juchador. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. That's enough of this. Special- thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, that's all, folks. Special thanks to the Honeythorns for letting us use their song. Crack Apart is our theme music. You can follow off. You can find... Let me tell you what you can find is all of their music. And you know where you can find it? At thehoneythorns.bandcamp.com. And this show is produced, and God, was it edited by me, Tom Zalat, and I for the Upward Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network, like Radchild Podcast, like Natural Toonie, like Gays in the Woods, at upwardnetwork.com. Just threw in an extra there just for good measure. Yeah, why not? Yeah. If you're someone who interacts with kids, you're probably familiar with moments of being asked questions you're just not equipped to answer. Whether it's the old favorite, where do babies come from, or the nuances of discrimination, Rad Child Podcast has your back. Each episode, your host, Seth Day, leads a discussion about topics like race, disability, loss, gender, sexuality, and so much more. Our goal is to give grown-ups the tools to talk to kids about almost anything. So come give a listen. Rad Child Podcast helping to raise a generation of open, compassionate, rad kids. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and just about anywhere else. Hey, I'm Aaron Lakoff, host of Changing on the Fly, a brand new podcast on the Outford Network. Changing on the Fly is a podcast that dives deep into the intersections between hockey and social justice. We take on issues of sexism, racism, and homophobia on the ice. 
You'll hear from athletes, activists, fans, scholars, and even musicians who love hockey but want to keep the jerks out of the game. Think Colin Kaepernick or Serena Williams, but with skates and less teeth. It's your perfect antidote to Don Cherry and Coach's Corner. Hey, Don, what do you think of changing on the fly? Not the left-wing, pinkle media, bleeding hearts, guys. What are you, nuts? Anyways, you can find Changing on the Fly wherever you get your podcasts or visit us online at changingontheflypodcast.wordpress.com. Yeah, the best thing you can, hey, is a good old hockey 